Let's open our Bibles, 1 Timothy chapter 1. We, uh, we talked about this last week, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. He said, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these and so have shipwrecked shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom we have taught, handed over to Satan to be taught, not to blaspheme. I like what Warren Wiersbe said, I'll quote it again, that the Christian life is not a playground. The Christian life is a battleground. It's a battle we fight. We, we have to realize that, and we need to hold on to our faith and a good conscience. I remember hearing a guy, though, talk about, uh, it was at a pastor's conference, and he was a pastor, and, and he said, you know, it, it's really incredible that, that you all preach three times on a Sunday. And we kind of thought, well, what's he talking about now? You know, uh, you know a lot of guys uh, have bigger churches, and they might preach three times, you know, the three services and that kind of thing. But most of us, you know, we have just once that we preach on a Sunday. And, and so he goes on to say, that this is what he meant by that. He says, well, you, you preach the sermon before you ever get there, right? You're preparing it. You're thinking about it. What are you going to say? And then Sunday gets there, and you preach the sermon on Sunday. And then on the way home, you go through and preach it again to yourself. That's kind of interesting. What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about the things that you think of that you should have said, the things that you should not have said, right? Yeah. Oh, I wish I didn't say that. Or you think about, you know, uh, if I'd only thought and developed that thought a little bit more, if I only really put more time into that and made that more interesting and, and more applicable, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just part of the life of the way it is. And so I'm going to re-preach the message again today. I, what I am going to do is there are a few things that stood out to me about this passage that I want to talk about today and, 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 and develop them a little bit more. But, but uh, the first thing I, I want to talk about is because I, when I thought about it, you know, I, I really made a point about fighting the good fight, that we need to fight the good fight, but we're not to fight it in our own strength. And the fact is that he, he talked about holding on to the word of God, holding on to what God had spoken to him, and, and by that, look there at verse 18, he says, so that by following them, you may fight the good fight. And so, so many of the things that God has spoken to us, God has said to us, you know, that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so uh, I want to encourage you to fight the good fight, but, but realize that the battle belongs to the Lord, and we have to rely on His strength and His power, Ephesians 6 tells us. I want to uh, start off with then with uh, a song by um, Unspoken. We're going to play that, and we've got the words on the screen, and he talks about that fact that it's a good fight, but you know we don't do it in our own strength. 
Because he says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm always going to see you through to the other side because God is faithful like we sang about this morning. So let's go ahead and listen to that and uh, then we'll carry on from there. Turn it up, Nick. Your heart stops, kick drum beating. When it's hard times, when it's long days, and the enemy is right up in your face. When your back's against the ropes and you're feeling all alone, keep fighting the Step, giving you the next breath. I'll be the voice saying you're gonna make it when you're out there on your own. You are never alone. Keep fighting the fighting the good fight. That's what you got to do. But know that he's always there. He's never going to leave us. He's always going to see us through to the other side. Keep fighting the good fight. I love that. I recommend that album too, by the way. It's just called Unspoken. And uh, it's got some great music on there too. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Have you guys had a good week? Anybody had a fight this week? Had a battle this week? It's been a rough week for me, just, and, and I couldn't even tell you, well, what, what's the problem? I don't know. It's just been a rough, hard week where you got to fight, you got to fight, you got to fight to keep up the good fight. Sometimes it's that when, you're, when you have to tell somebody about something and then you, you know, like you know everything about it, and then you have to face it, and you realize, gosh, I don't know everything about this. I have to, I, you know, I have to understand it myself. I have to apply it to myself. I have to walk in that 
in that way as well. Thinking about Timothy, God had spoken to him. We talked a little bit about that. And, and in this particular case, it says there were prophecies that were made about him. He says, so that by following them, you may fight the good fight. And God had spoken to him, and in this case, it looks as if the elders had laid their hands on him and prayed for him, and God had spoken uh, through that. But that's just one of the many, many ways that God speaks to us. One of the many ways that God will reach us, that will help us in that fight to lead us and strengthen us. And so what I want to talk about today, I want, to, I want to ask the question, does God still speak today? We read about Timothy. Yeah, God spoke to him, and, and it was a prophetic kind of thing. But does God still speak today? It's a big question. And I think it's a very important question. And I, and, and I think it has to, it's at the, very, at the very heart of a relationship with God that you and I have. Well, I'm going to say this first of all. The Bible never says that God has stopped speaking, that I have found. You know, when someone dies, one of the things that we miss the most is hearing their voice. And uh, I have an answering machine at home, and, and, and I, I, I st I've got some... And they might think this is weird or whatever, but I've got some messages that I just save. You know, from my mom and from my brother. And they both have passed away. But, you know, and I don't go and play them every day. Don't think I'm getting weird or anything. But, but, but I have them there, and I, and I, play, I, I played them a, a couple of weeks back and go, wow, you know, I, I miss that voice. I miss hearing that voice. But it's not so with Jesus, you know, because he's alive, and he continues to speak. He's alive and he continues to speak. I want to encourage you with that, that, that uh, for us to hear the voice of God, to hold on to his word and hearing those things and knowing those things, holding on to that. And by that, by them, by following them, you may fight the good fight. Some of you are wondering maybe, is, that, is this weird? Is this weird actually hearing God speak? Well, we can know a lot of things, but like to have that kind of relationship, to actually hear God speak, is that like way out there somewhere? That's only for like those other weird people over there? Is that like too mystical, they use that term? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think, again, it's, it's part of having a relationship with God where it's a two-way relationship. It's not just us saying, God, you got to hear me, you got to listen to me. In fact, uh, that might be part of the problem for, for us is that we're always telling him to listen to us. But we're never stopping to be still and to listen to what he has to say, what he might want to say. Recently, uh, an incident happened in my life that, that got me very, very upset. Uh, and, and, and you know what? But, but through reading God's word, God spoke to me. Through his word, and he brought me peace. But you know what? I, it, this situation hasn't completely resolved itself. It's a, you know, like an insurance claim deal. And, and, and so I've, I have to continue to hold on to that scripture, that word, that, that thing that God has spoken to me about this. I've got I to hold on to it. 
so that I can continue to fight that good fight. Do you see what I'm saying here? Now you say, well, now I'm surely not going to come back to the church because the pastor is hearing voices. Well, you know what? I've never heard God's voice like in an audible sense. Can God speak like that? Yes, I, I believe he can, but I've never heard him like that. But I believe God speaks... And I believe you and I need to hear God's voice. Let's turn to the Gospel of John, please. John chapter 10, verse 27. The Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 27. I'll try to, try to, make, try to help you understand why I am speaking about this today. What uh, foundation do we have for this topic for this idea. Look at verse 27. Jesus is speaking here, and he said, he said this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to what? My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus is speaking. He, he's speaking to his sheep, and, and he is the good shepherd. And he says he knows them. He knows everything about them. And so it's this idea that he's going to speak to them. And then there's still a response on the sheep's part to follow what the shepherd has to say. So the question is, can we hear that voice? Can we hear God's voice? I think another question is, what is it like? What is it like? How do, how do we know? I want to say this, first of all, though, is that it's, very, it's a very personal thing. It's a very real, I believe it's very real. It's not like, you know, again, it's not weird. It's, 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 a rela- it's part of a relationship with Jesus. And, and, but it's very personal because he knows each one of us in a very real and a very personal way. And he might speak to me in a different way than he speaks to you. Does that make sense? You know, if it was just all the same, I mean, that, where, where, where would we be? So what I want to think about and, and try to answer the question is, how does God speak? And, and I believe he speaks in many, many ways. And these are some of the ways God, I don't want to limit him, but these are some of the ways that God speaks. Number one is, is, is firmly in my mind is the word of God, okay, the scripture, this book that we have. Number two, by his spirit. Number three, through his, uh, number three, through his creation. Number four, circumstances, through circumstances. And number five, through others. I want to ask the question, though, that before we look at these is, do we want to hear him? Do we want to hear his voice? He said, my sheep hear my voice. And he listened to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You all know what selective hearing is? If you're married, you know what selective hearing is? You know, what what about when you were a kid, you know, and you didn't want to hear something, and and, uh, you'd put your fingers in your ears and then make noise, and like that would stop it? you, You older people, some of you still do that. You know, because you don't want to hear, right? 
I, I, find, I find, too, that now, you know, I'm getting older and, and all this rock music, my hearing is just kind of, don't tell my wife that I admit to it, but my hearing is starting to go down. I, I, it's just not as good. So I have to ask again, like, what did you say? Because I want to hear. Now, sometimes if I don't want to hear, I just nod my head. I really don't know what they said because I didn't hear it. But if I, want to, if I really want to hear it, I'll ask him again. Now, what was that again? So now you're going to say, well, if I'm talking to him, he just nods his head, then I'm going to know that he did not hear what I said, and he doesn't care what I said. He doesn't want to know. Right? That's not true. Psalm 95, quoted again in the New Testament, uh, says this, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert. He says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And we can do that. We can harden our hearts. Well, I don't really want to listen. I don't really want to hear what you have to say right now. But in Deuteronomy... It says this, he says that, that we should choose life, he said, so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. That's Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. He says, for the Lord is your life. To listen to his voice. Is he still speaking today? Yes, I believe he is. Well, how does he speak? When does he speak? Why does he speak? All these questions that, that I think are part of this subject, and we're not going to answer all of them today, but, but hearing God's voice is very, very important for us. Otherwise, it's just some sort of, it's just some sort of uh, religion, right? We just go, we do the things, and we don't, there's, no, there's no real vibrancy. There's no real relationship between us and God. Okay, and I'm not talking about us all running around in here, you know, jumping up and down, screaming and doing all this weird stuff. I'm just talking about each one of us having a relationship where, with God where we can hear His voice. So number one, His Word. And again, in my mind, in my life, and what, what, I, what I believe is so true is that, that God's word is the number one place that he speaks, that we hear his voice. I know for me that is definitely the fact. Over and over and over again in my life, in 30-some-odd years of being a believer, that God has spoken to me through his word. Over and over again. And God can do that. And, 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 and you know what? Again, it's a very personal thing. It's a very real thing, though, where... where you can write in your Bibles, you know. You can underline things. You can put dates by them and, and hold on to those words that God has spoken to you. And by them, fight the good fight because he's encouraged you, yes, this is what I'm trying to get through to you in your life. And you're going to face this difficult situation, but this is the truth I want you to hold on to. You know, I, I, I have a Bible that, I, that I've been using for I don't know how many years now, and it's like falling apart. And i got to find someone who can help me put the thing back together. Because I don't want to lose it, because I have those little notes in there. I have those little, you know, dates, and I have those stuff scribbled in there that, I, that only I can read. But it's a very personal thing, and, and, and so many of those things, you know, are between me and the Lord. 
And they're not things that I go around telling everybody because it's between me and him, very personal, very real. And so I'm not going to run around saying, well, God spoke to me and he told me this. And, and I get kind of irritated with that as well. When people are saying that, God spoke to me and God told me this and God told me that. Why? Because it's, you got to be careful how you say those things. Do I believe that God speaks and that he tells people things? Yes, absolutely. I wouldn't be saying what I'm saying today. But for us to run around saying that, it, sometimes it's between you and God. You need to keep it to yourself. And sometimes it makes me wonder if people really are hearing his voice or they're just thinking every time they get this thought, that, that must be God and God spoke to me and God said this and God said that. So, so God's word is the number one way, but it's also the standard. It's a standard by which all, everything else is judged. God's not going to tell you something that his word says the opposite. That's not God. You know, it, God's not going to tell you something that goes directly against what his word says. So, for those reasons, I'm out. No. For those, some of you know what I'm talking about. For those reasons, number one, we need to be in the Word. We need to be reading the Word to hear God's voice, to hear what God might say to us. And number two, we need to be in His Word and know what His Word says so that we'll know what isn't from Him. There are an awful lot of voices today in the world. You know, are there more voices today than there were 20 years ago? I don't know, but there seems like the, this, you know, a whole bunch of, of stuff going on. You know, TV, radio, internet, uh, phone. Now, you can't even get away from all this stuff. There's so many voices, and how do we know which one is God? How do we know what God is saying? Number one, primarily through his word. If it contradicts what his words say, just, just flat out say, forget it. Not interested. Not not going to go there. Well, God is telling me that, you know, I should uh, have a relationship with this other woman. But you're married. Yeah, but, yeah, but, no. You see what I'm saying? If God's word says no, you are married and, and to, to have a relationship with another woman is, is wrong, it's sinful, it's not right, then wh who are you going to follow? What is going to be the standard by which you judge? what God is saying. That voice is coming from somewhere, but it ain't coming from the Word, right? It's coming from your flesh, the, the battlegrounds we talked about. It's coming from the enemy. It's coming from the world. Well, that's okay. Everything's cool. God's Word. Make a big point of that because it's so very, very important. Number two, God can speak, and God is speaking by His Spirit. He's speaking in our hearts. He's speaking, we talked about the good conscience, having a good conscience, that God is speaking to us through in the depths of our hearts by His Holy Spirit, who we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, so He's living within us. God can speak that way. How often is it, though, again, I get back to the point where, where what... What God speaks is that he brings to remembrance something that he's already spoken to us through his word. But if we don't have the word in there, if we, if we haven't hidden the word in our hearts, like it says in Psalm 119, that I might not sin against thee, how, are we, how is he ever going to bring that up to our remembrance? When he, and this is speaking about the Holy Spirit, that he would bring these things to our remembrance.
But I really like, let's turn back to 1 Kings chapter 19, because I, I just, it, it's this situation with Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah was kind of going through a very difficult time. Things had gone really, really well for him. And it was like after it went really well, it got really bad, or at least in his own mind it did. And so he ran. He ran for his life. He basically, you know, says, God, take away my life. I, you know, I, I can't do it. I've had enough. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. Verse 11, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, the Lord said, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. King James Version translates that in a word that you will rec recognize, a still, small voice, a gentle whisper. See, all these radical things were going on. Yeah, that's how God speaks. He speaks in this powerful wind. He speaks in the earthquake. He speaks in the fire. And that's how we think God has to speak. It's got to be really loud, really tremendous, really incredible. But it says he spoke in the gentle whisper. He wasn't in all those things. How do you hear a gentle whisper? You've got to be quiet, right? You've got to listen. You've got to be quiet. Number three, he speaks through his creation, I believe, he speaks by his word, he speaks by his spirit, he speaks through his creation. And in Psalm 19, the, the passage there, David writes, he says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. He says, day after day, day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. The creation is declaring, it's declaring the glory of God. And so God is speaking through his creation. Have you ever walked out in the, at night and, and looked up in the sky and, and just, it just awed by what's there? Declaring the glory of God. And, and he says there's no speech, there's no language where their voice is not heard. In fact, God is speaking through all these to, to every person that is alive. God is speaking. Speaking about his glory through his creation. How about number four? Does God speak through circumstances? You think? Can God speak to you through circumstances? I think he can. How does he do that? Well, when a certain door is, is closed, what is God saying to you? <laughs> Usually he's saying no, yeah. But we've, we've got these battered noses because we're trying to get through there. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, because circumstances are difficult, it means we've got to turn around and go the other way. No. But God will speak through circumstances, and we ask the question, or we should ask the question, you know, what is God saying through all that that's going on here? What is God trying to, 
to, to, to help me understand, to, to work in my life through these circumstances that are taking place all around me now. It may be so difficult. It may be so easy. And, and whatever it is. I like this quote from C.S. Lewis. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. God speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Just the things that we face in this life, God is speaking through all of them, but, but this idea of pain, he, that's out of his book about pain. God can work in circumstances, and, and whatever is going on in your life, whatever is going on in my life, I, th- I believe God wants to speak. He wants, he wants us to understand. Are we listening to hear his voice? Say, God, are you trying to say something to me? Have you ever said that? God, are you trying to say something to me through this? No, we just blame everything on the devil. You know, the devil's doing all that stuff. Well, he's, he's, he might be involved in it, but God still is in charge, and God will still can use these things to get through to us one way or another. And the last one there... God can use other people. And that's what we saw in John, uh, 1 Timothy, where he said that God had spoken to Timothy through prophecy, through the laying on of hands, through prayer. God can speak through other people. We need to be willing to listen. And as I said last week, you know, we need to take it all and take it all before the Lord and pray about it and make sure it doesn't contradict what God's Word says and, and, and ask Him, is this you? I remember uh, when we were uh, teaching at the Bible College way back, uh, I don't know how many years ago. You lose your memory as well as your hearing. Anyways, there was a guy, he said, he said you know what? God told me that I'm going to marry this particular girl. And he went and told this particular girl, you know, God told me that you and I are going to get married. And the girl said, Really? He hasn't told me that. And you know what? They never got married because it really wasn't God. You know, sometimes God does do that kind of thing, but, you know, keep it to yourself and wait to see if it really is from God before you go saying something stupid. I mean, the guy looked like he had egg all over his face after all that. Now, it isn't a perfect thing, but she could have just said, oh, really? Okay. But she she took it before the Lord, I'm sure, and prayed about it. But God speaks through people, and and as they pray for us, and as they give us counsel, as they listen, as we listen to you know teaching on you know a places like ARV and on the internet, different places, God can use those things to speak to us if we're willing to listen. And I, and I include in that music as well because I love music and I, I think music is something that God can speak through and God uses. Hearing the voice of God. Are you still in John chapter 10? Turn back there for a second if you're not. John chapter 10, verse 2. He says, The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. And the watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep 
listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. That's interesting, isn't it? They listen to his voice, but they know his voice. They follow him because they know his voice. You get to know someone's voice. I was speaking earlier about someone who you love, and, and you know their voice, and it's, it's unique. Now, sometimes, you know, we sound like one another, or we can, or whatever. Um, but to recognize his voice, how do we learn to recognize his voice? By hearing it, by listening for it. Now, interesting story. I was at a softball game where our guys are playing, and, and uh, those guys are awesome, let me tell you what. What a team we have. But I was at the softball game, and I walked up, and, and, and I, I, there was a bunch of people there, and, and uh, this gal says, are you rich? And I said, yeah, like, I don't know you. And she says, oh, I recognize you. I recognize your voice from the radio. I said, oh, no. Now I'm really scared. I'm not saying that to say how famous I am or anything. Because, because to be truthful, it, that has only happened two times in like 20 years. So obviously there's not that big of a call on it. But, but the point is somebody heard my voice. The only other time was a guy was working on my house, putting up some lights for for a... For a a company, and, and I just started talking to him. He says, I know your voice. And I said, well, yeah, I don't know you. And then it found out he'd, been, he'd heard it on the radio, and it was just weird. So that was like 20 years ago, and this happened like last week. So a few times in between. To recognize someone's voice, he said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. He says, they will never follow a stranger because they, because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. In fact, they run away, he says, from him. To know his voice, that takes time. That takes listening. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So the question, again, is are we listening? And do we recognize his voice? Now, I hope that, you know, these things haven't confused you. If anything, I, I, I want to I encourage you that God wants to speak to us, and, and God will walk with us through this life. And He loves us. He knows us. He knows you. And it's not anything to be afraid of. It's, it's part of a relationship of walking with Him, with Jesus holding on to his words, and then by following them, fighting the good fight that he said in 1 Timothy. The last verse that I want to talk about here is Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And there it is. He says, here I am. You all know this verse, most of you anyways. See here, he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my 
voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Now, we usually think of this verse in terms of what? How it's used. In evangelism, to bring people who don't know Jesus to Christ. But the truth of the context of that passage, and I don't think it's a bad application of that verse, but the true application, the true context, is Jesus is speaking to the church at Laodicea. And, and he, he talks about the, the people there at Laodicea, and, and what he says to them, he says, you know what, um, you are neither hot, you are neither cold, in fact, you are lukewarm. You're kind of like, you're not, I wish, he says, I wish you were one or the other. I wish you were like on fire or you were just cold because this being kind of in the middle thing, it's no good. In fact, he has very strong words to say to them about that all. But, but, but he goes on and challenges them. He says, I'm standing at the door, I'm knocking. I want, I want to come in and eat with you. He says, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. This meal that he's talking about here, the, the, uh, the meaning of it is that it was the main meal of the day. It was an unhurried meal where they would have fellowship. I believe Jesus is saying the same thing to you and I. He wants to speak with us. But a lot of voices, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of busy life. But are we, are we ready to open the door to that conversation, to that speaking that God would have for us in our lives? One quote before we prepare for communion from a guy named Frederick Faber, and he was back in the 1800s, and he said this, he said, there's hardly ever a complete silence in our soul. He said, God is whispering to us well nigh incessantly. Whenever the sounds of the world die out in the soul or sink low, then we hear these whisperings of God. He is always whispering to us, only we do not always hear because of the noise, hurry, and distraction which life causes as it rushes on. He's always whispering. He's always wanting to speak. He's knocking, Jesus said. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Let's pray together, shall we, before we have communion together. Father God, we want to just quiet our hearts even right now and and come before you. And ask that you would lead us, that you would guide us, but that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us to recognize your voice, to know your voice, to listen and to follow you. Father, for some of us, we, it's, it's just a familiar it's a familiar way you speak. It's a familiar voice. It's a familiar uh, um, listening that, that, that we have in our lives. And, and, and sometimes we just don't want to hear, and sometimes we're stubborn. But, Lord, we, we want to listen and not harden our hearts because we don't understand, because we want it differently, because we're stubborn maybe. And maybe some of us, we, we've never heard you speak. We've never 
who've never had that excitement of knowing that God is speaking to my heart, to me, personally, real, real time. Father, I pray for, pray for us that in that, that we would find that place and be still and know that you are God and be still and, and listen for that still small voice, that gentle whisper. Father, I believe you're speaking today. You're speaking in our lives and you want to help us to fight the good fight. You're, you haven't left us on our own. You never leave us on our own. Pray you'd encourage your people today, Lord. And even as we come to this time of communion, Lord, we it's a it's a a meal. It's a time of communion where we partake together and we want to receive from you. You're knocking, you want to come in, you want to be an uh, integral part of our lives and hearts. So today, as we, as we celebrate communion, as we partake together, may we be those that open the door and say, yes, we love you, we need you. We're just sheep. We need the voice of the shepherd to guide us, to help us, to, to cheer us on, to encourage us, to challenge us even today. We offer this time to you now, Lord, in Jesus' name.